you know what? I finally hate the Snapchat location thing. It's actually really annoying. Like, do you know what happened Friday after you dropped me off? What happened? Like, I went to bed, right? I'm passed the fuck out. And this man calls me at 3 a.m. Hey. Yeah. Are you on Taylor? Am I, am I on Taylor? Dude, why are you talking? I'm at home. Oh, it's showing that you're on Taylor on Snapchat. So, you called me at 3 a.m. Because you thought I was on Taylor. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. Cuts the phone call. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I'm a little speechless. It's... I would have, well, first of all, I have the not disturb mode, so I wouldn't have got the call. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I would have chewed that rat fuck out for calling me at 3 a.m. <laughs> no warning whatsoever. No warning You, you whatsoever. actually even picked up the phone call. I would not have picked up I was the phone call. I was going to say, like, if you call me at 3 a.m., unless it's like a fucking emergency. Right? You are, like, you are I'm in not the negatives of goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Usually I have do not disturb on, right? But that's for like Monday to August Sunday to Thursday, mm-hmm. right? Friday and Saturday, wife, I'm out and people need to reach me. But even then, <laughs> we had left this guy around like one or two in the morning, right? And we we're literally like, "I right, peace, bruv. We, I'm going home." <laughs> and he still yeah. calls me at three a.m. Being like, "Are you on Taylor?" <laughs> it was fucking amazing. That man wasn't thinking straight. No, he oh, was no. not. He was like a ten or eleven out of ten drunk. That makes sense. Yeah. That sounds about right. I, I could be mad. I was just more like annoyed at the fact my sleep yeah. was interrupted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a bit like a couple years ago, I was house sitting for someone and I don't know how the hell this person got my number, but I just started getting this random call and after three <sighs> tries, it will automatically push through the do not disturb. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it like pushed through and this person, I clicked, didn't recognize number, hung up. And then it happened like another night, another, and then it happened a third night. I picked up the phone and I just reamed this guy out. And then there was no ever, no phone call ever again after that one. <laughs> so who was it? Some random guy up from up north. I'm like, how oh. did you even get my number? And he was did looking he know for like you? a Betty. Oh, he, he didn't know me. Okay. He was looking for like. Yeah, it happened. He probably got like, she gave him the wrong number. Yeah. Like, hey, can I get your number? Of course. And then gave him your number. Yeah. And you're just an unlucky victim. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. Jeez. Yeah. I, I think I remember I once got a text message where like, hey, insert girl's name, right? I'm like, ah, sorry, dude, wrong number, right? And he's like, ah, she lied to me. <laughs> just, uh, I, I, I mean, it's just crazy. There was... Early in the morning, like, I'm supposed to be sleeping, man. Come on. You were going to say something, Pam? Oh, as I say, there was one time, like, uh, one of my friends in, like, high school, I had her old number, and I texted her, and then I thought she was, like, playing a prank on me, because it was like, oh, it's not so-and-so, it's this this number. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, no, and then it was, like, the principal of some junior high in my hometown, and I was just like, oh, this got super awkward. And then I, like, <laughs> saw her at school the next day, and she's like, oh, yeah, here's my new number. <laughs> That's funny. That's awkward. Uh, that is very it awkward. It was so awkward. No, you know what? Yeah, if if it's three a.m., don't call me. Okay, no. I'm not in an outpost. Oh, come on. I could even hear you forcing it. I could hear yeah, you trying to force that. 
That was not good. That <laughs> you gotta say I was gonna like, say. I was say you call us at three a.m. We're sending you to the outpost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's better. <laughs> I mean, this man doesn't know how to pun. Let's start. <laughs> God. Welcome to Northern Critic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Shinobi. Uchi, defund the police in Waka. Michael Novakshaw. And Pam Hinchar. The Northern Critic Podcast is a film review podcast that looks at audience or host, handpicked shows um, based off Shows. Of <laughs> movies for the second week in a row movies okay because recently i've the no new movies have come out literally so i've just been watching shows um customer customer we review movie all right you can tell my brain isn't working right today um essentially say, either you need caffeine or you need to be cut off. <laughs> one of the two. One of the two. Oh my god! I love the fact that I'm the one who's only gotten like five hours of sleep the last two nights. No, you're get... not the only one. You forget <laughs> I live with someone who works till four a.m. in the morning. That's a that's a you decision. Yeah. So that sounds like a you problem. To that be sounds like a Sam problem. <laughs> oh but yes, back goodness. to us. We yes. review movies and we talk shit. Yeah, pretty much. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we go to Afghanistan and help out with the war there, but no, we don't. most of the no. time we just no. chill here, though. No. no. Sometimes. I want nothing no. to do nope. with that kind of the world. <laughs> so, I'm I mean, just fine after seeing this movie. And help out with the war, I mean, we literally just go there and, like, maybe watch a movie and come back, so... I don't know how that helps. Where, with the where war. are you going with this? I, I don't understand I what you're trying say, to get. Sam, where, where? I don't oh. follow your train of thought. No, I'll <laughs> introduce the movie. It'll it'll connect to my initial thoughts. Um, <laughs> the movie we are reviewing today is the 2020 uh, American war drama film, The Outpost. Uh, it was directed by Rod Lurie, and is based on a 2012 non-fictional book. Uh, the Outpost, an untold story of American valor by Jake Tapper, is about the Battle of Kamdesh. Um, it stars Orlando Bloom, Scott Eastwood, Caleb Laundry Jones, Milo Gibson, and Jack Casey. Uh, the film was scheduled to premiere at the, 20, uh, at the 2020 South by Southwest Film Festival, uh, but the f- festival is canceled due to COVID. Uh, so eventually it was released via video on demand. Um, on July the 3rd of 2020 uh, and so far it's received quite the bunch of positive reviews from critics um, with praise for the battle sequences and respectful depiction of soldiers uh, I don't know what respectful depiction of soldiers means but okay it, it means it doesn't make them look like the war criminals they are I'm kidding <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's like it done in my opinion it didn't make them look like over necessary like America first hero kind of shit, yeah. you know, like yeah, they didn't go in a, like save they a were people high school. trying to survive in a hellhole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, um, isn't this based off of true events? Like, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is based. Captain Cord- Cordova? Yeah, is it's, it the actual set? The set? 
Mm -hmm. It's based on the bravery of a small unit of U.S. soldiers alone at the remote combat outpost Keating. Uh, The Battle of Camp Desh was also known as the bloodiest American engagement of Afghanistan war uh, in 2009. And the Bravo Troop uh, 361 Cav became one of the most decorated units of the 19-year conflict. So basically what happened, and as, as I mentioned earlier, I accidentally started with the director commentary, so I was listening to it partially mm-hmm. after I finished this movie again, right? Um, and basically what they did with this movie is they took the history of the base over the four years that it existed, mm-hmm. and they condensed it on, into the sequence that this movie had, right? Yeah. So all these events happened, but they kind of jiggled them around and moved them, and some, like, I can't remember which characters it was, but some characters that you see in this movie interacting weren't actually stationed on the base at the yeah. same time. Mm-hmm. I believe it was uh, Orlando Bloom's character mm-hmm. was not there when um, I can't remember what what is that the other guy who got the Medal of Honor? Uh, uh, did they all get the Medal of Honor? Scott Eastwood's right? character? Oh, no, the other one. Oh, right? oh. I think um, that might be his name. Not right. it was Clint, Clint Romatia? No, it, no, his name was Ty something. Oh, Ty, Ty? Michael Carter. Oh, Carter. Yeah, mm-hmm. Carter. Um, I don't think those two were on at the same time, but that's the point of this movie, right? Is they took sort of a bunch of real events and they condensed them so that they all overlapped to make a bit of a narrative, right? right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was genuine. Or generally what happened is these people were in a military base that had mountains on all sides. It was functionally indefensible. Mm-hmm. And um, the moment a real assault came in, they were hard-pressed to survive, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's sort of what this movie is about. Just this final attack that the Taliban finally put on this military base yeah. um, once they've heard that it was being uh, decommissioned just to stick it to the Americans, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of casualties on both sides. Definitely. Which that is, you know, well, why... I think it was like, what, eight... Eight, Eight dead, Americans? 27 wounded. Yeah, on a military base of 53 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. oh, that's crazy. Like, that's a that's a heavy losses for a battle, especially considering what sort of modern how modern warfare goes about. Is yeah, there aren't like not to downplay it, but there aren't that many casualties mm-hmm. in war because these people, it's like they expend like 250 thousand dollars of ammunition yeah. per kill, mm-hmm. right? Because there's just so much covering fire and utilities used that. Because people What's... obviously don't want to die, right? Yeah. So when you have a situation where people are actually killed left, right, and center, it's a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, and that's like this was good old like hand-to-hand combat, essentially. Like it's not just air raid coming in blowing guys up. This was frontline fighting. Yeah. And yeah. One thing, I guess, we're already sort of initial thoughts now. Um, one thing that I really did like about this movie is that it emphasized just how dangerous the air support actually was, right? Oh, when that it's, air support got like, in. They were screwed, and then the Apaches showed up. Yeah. And it totally changed the fight. So mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed how they kind of showed that the Taliban, they had to finish them off before the choppers showed up. Mm-hmm. So you could really, and this is sort of my little brain twirling now, you could really change, like, form a, a different kind of narrative if you were to flip it, right? Right. If you told a story from the perspective of the Taliban, except in a mythical world where they weren't the quote-unquote bad guys, mm-hmm. it's like you could have this mm-hmm. sort of just show, we gotta get them before the choppers show up, otherwise we're screwed, right? Yeah. So it kind of, you can really cast the uh, I don't know, the United States military in a couple lights in that sense, in my opinion. 
Yeah, just my thoughts on the matter. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess we just jumped into initial yeah, thoughts. Yeah, right? we're writing uh, initial thoughts. I mean, who wants to go next? I haven't next? really commented on the movie yet. If you want to start, I was just sort of the situation. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. Um, I mean, all I was going to say was it does have a Rotten Tomato score of 93% yep. based off of 80 reviews um, and an average rating of 7.82 out of 10. Uh, it's told with gripping realism, uh, and it's a thrilling technical feat and worthy of a tribute to military heroes. Um, and on Metacritic, it got a seven. Well, it averages a seventy-one out of a hundred. So overall, it's really well liked. It's it's well loved, uh, which is you would expect from. I mean, again, I like this. I'm not taking anything off this movie. It it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But typically westernized war films are usually favored when it comes to mm-hmm. criti- like criticism right that's always yeah. a thing there is definitely a patriotism streak that yeah exactly that, that's where i was going with like yeah, american right. movies and, and that, that's why i'm a little skeptical of them as well because when i watch these movies I, i'm obviously sort of like a very anti-war person and i yeah my, my political views are very critical of the u.s military and their engagements abroad mm-hmm. so Whenever I watch these movies, I just kind of think about, or I can't get it out of my head, just how much dick swinging there is mm-hmm. when it comes to the U.S. military, right? And I go in sort of very skeptical of, okay, this is, this is half the situation. You mm-hmm. guys did invade, right? Yeah. You are the bad guys. Here. Exactly. So exactly. That, that's kind of my uh, a, a lens that it's really hard to get past with me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I think the movie succeeded in this sense. Yeah. And. Well, what I mean, there's that line where he's like, I can't handle all this frat boy shit. Yeah, that's part of it. Um, but I was going to say the other part of it is how they, uh, the U.S. military is not the underdogs in the situation, mm-hmm. right? But they made them the underdogs uh, in, I mean, in the war situation in general. But in this particular battle, they were the underdogs because they were under attack from all sides. And they were pinned down, right? Yeah. So that makes it a compelling narrative as well um and that that's part of what sort of made me enjoy this movie more mm-hmm. more is because it felt so visceral and like these guys were in danger mm-hmm. and that that makes for a good movie regardless of you know the actual the, situation right, right. yeah mm-hmm. i guess Fair. like i got for my two cents as well okay it's like I agree with a lot of what Michael says. As we all know, I am extremely radical. <laughs> so, like, you can guess, like, my viewpoints on, like, uh, the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, uh, invasion of American military, all that stuff. You can guess my viewpoints. It's not a secret, right? So, for me, like, going into this movie, it probably kind of expected, like, the American, like, we are number one. Like, we're going in there, we're going to save the... Afghan people. We're gonna liberate them. Yeah, like that's what. Was... Raw, raw, raw USA. Yeah, that's like what I was expecting, you know. And like, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Like, I've seen American movies have done that before, right? And I have enjoyed them, right? But like, those movies happen way too often. And then for me, this movie, it was the first half of the movie where I truly like appreciated. It. I was like, hey, this is kind of something different. This is mm-hmm. giving us like a. Uh, experience of what it's like for them in there you know because mm-hmm. like i think the scene that got to me like one of the things that really got to me is when he was introducing his new captain and like one of the i think sergeants was like just about to take a shower and then suddenly they got attacked 
actually oh, happens. Oh, and you would, yeah. That yeah. actually happens. That actually happens. And you grab and the gun and you're shooting yeah. buck-ass nude. Mm-hmm. Buck-ass nude shooting. I'm just like, it's it's kind of oh, funny, yeah. but like, it's real. And that's oh, that's yeah. what, I, like, I legitimately thought that was a narrative embellishment in, yeah. the, uh, in the movie. But then I listened to the director's commentary and the director's like, no, this literally happened. Like, they were being introduced and they got attacked and this guy pulled the fucking gun out why and is naked? fought naked, right? And like, those small things like that throughout the movie. It's like when they were sleeping and the mortars go off and they're like, is that inbound or outbound? Boom. I'm like, oh, it must be outbound. Then boom, oh shit, it's that's inbound. inbound. Grab your shit while being attacked. Yeah, and like, it does help that there were the under quote unquote underdogs in this situation. Because okay, whoever decided to put that military base in the bottom of the valley is a fucking dumbass. I'm convinced <laughs> that that was one of those bases where they sent like the dysfunctionals of the army. They just wanted to punish. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I was watching that. I was like, oh my god, why would you do this? Why? Why? Yeah, like why was. Why was there a base there? Yeah, I like the way one well, person that, pointed out. Yeah, I was gonna say, and like all the reports after came up that like there was too many bad decisions, like straight up. And the U.S. military admitted that it was a stupid place to put a base. It really was. And like one person who actually said, "Why are we down here? Shouldn't we be on the top of the mountain?" And I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. why aren't you there?" Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess like if there's one thing I didn't really enjoy about this movie is there were way too many characters for me to remember them all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, though, it's like, I, I get why names, I don't remember the names, but, but I, like, I know why the characters. Yeah, that's the thing is what this movie did really well is it gave each character kind of a defining trait, mm-hmm. and the majority of them I remembered because they had a trait that kind of made them stick out in my head. Right? Yeah. Had the guy who liked the dog. We had Carter, obviously, who was uh, Gibson. Outcast, right. We had the sergeant. We had the lieutenant. We had the medic. I, I remembered all these characters, even though I don't know what their names were. Yeah. So. I also like the fact that we, the characters were not reintroduced in like typical movie fashion. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just like. See, my thing. Yes, white woman, cut me off. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> Legs a bit. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, oh, I was about to say. Um, no, it's okay. Whatever you're about to say, Pam, it's okay. I love she lost face. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sorry, I had a really bad lag. You guys can went completely silent, and I was still connected, so I missed a section there. Oh, okay. Um, when you guys were saying about the characters, yeah, I le- like there was a lot of characters. I don't specifically remember their names, but I all remember which character was which. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. are, Pam, have you done your initial thoughts? No? No, I have not done my initial okay. thoughts. All right, go for I've it. I've been sitting here quietly. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed this movie. Like you guys have all said, it wasn't your typical like raw, raw, raw US is amazing war film. I kind of went into it expecting like almost a modern day Saving Private Ryan. Um, and like I said earlier, I don't remember all the characters' names, but they all had like a defining trait. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked like how visceral it was. And I mean, it was there were some scenes that were really hard to watch. Uh, especially after that scene where um, the cap, well, that one captain gets blown up on the bridge, and then that uh, the newbie is sitting there, and Scott Eastwood's character comes up to him and like takes the the clip out of the gun and ejects the bullet. Mm-hmm. That scene was, but it mean, and it shows like what these guys go through and how they come back like the ptsd that they experience out there and when they come back right Mm -hmm. and i mean even like you realize how dangerous um 
it is when like when they're taking that truck up the side of the mountain and it just one false oh she's gone yeah, yeah and she, she dropped, dropped. <laughs> um one I guess. false move pam continue where you were what? speaking from <laughs> you dropped oh i did drop okay yeah one false um, move that's the f- one false move and you just go off the side of the cliff right mm-hmm. like yeah. it just shows the realism there um and i was actually reading an article after i watched this today that it was i think in the new york times and it was written by one of the people who had been at out the keating outpost mm-hmm. um and he was saying like i just it was like watching my military career come to life like that's how well they did this movie um and like i like the i appreciated like the whole scene where the guy like there's that camaraderie and and yet at the same time you see the tempers flaring and all that and that's just life in the military right so and it's just i i overall really appreciate it i mean it didn't help they threw scott eastwood in there and but see that's that's all i have to say about that sergeant right Mm -hmm. i haven't seen that he was a sergeant in Okay, so I haven't seen him in other yeah. movies, but... Because he it was in of Chick Flicks. <laughs> okay, and, and he definitely has the look for it, right? It's in um, yeah, exactly. that sequel movie of giant robots fighting we don't speak about. Okay. Um, He's, but, yeah. yeah, he was also in Fast and Furious. Yeah, he was also in Fast and Furious. When we were driving and here, he was also in Fury. Is that uh, he obviously had like hair gel in or whatever styling his hair right and i didn't really notice it at first but i was like this guy kind of looks out of place he's, he's just a little bit too he looks like an actor right all the other guys had buzz cuts and he had like styled hair or whatever and then there's this one sequence where it was just like plastered down on his forehead i'm like right that's why they all have buzz cuts why the fuck is this guy not like the audience yeah. <laughs> so that guy, that guy i just think they did me. that solely for we know boy guys are going to be taking their girlfriends to the movie. We yes. need to have something special for yeah, them. My God. I, 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 I understood that after I saw the contrast of I mean, him not looking good. I think the one that got to me the most is like when we were in the car, right? I was like, yeah, Leonard Bloom's in this movie. Where the fuck is he? Then Michael's like, oh, he's the captain. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Orlando he Bloom looks is the, so different. Because he's got a fucking shaved head and he's looking grumpy. And like, ah, oh, I love it. <laughs> it so I know. I actually this. really appreciated him in this. I mean, I just watched him in Carnival Row. And oh, okay. he, honestly, his acting career is like, it's going up. Like his acting game is just, the bar is up there. He played Scott really Eastwood? good. Uh, no, Orlando. Orlando no, no, no. Oh, okay, Orlando I was gonna Blue. say. Okay, like, he he played a really good captain in this movie. I liked that. Yeah, yeah. It was he was such a great captain. Like when he died, like you could see how much I it changed. I felt him. sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was Scott East? Was Scott East was the main character in Fury? He wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. No, I don't think he was. <coughs> oh, well. Yeah, sorry. I was just trying to figure, because when Pam said he was in Fury, but he wasn't the main character. There's no, no, he was one, a supporting sergeant, yeah, staff sergeant. because there were like sergeant. five main characters. Um, he wasn't one of them. Can we just touch on one thing with Orlando Bloom? Sure. That accent. What, what about, I literally didn't notice it, but I think that's because I never knew it was Orlando Bloom in my first viewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was definitely struggling to cover up his British accent. 
Hmm. I never noticed. If I, I, I noticed it. Say he's an up and coming actor. He's forty three. No, okay. his acting game went up. Oh, went okay. Which I'm kind yeah, of looking I and I'm I like, like, are you sure? Because like, Adam Boom was kind of like always been great as an actor. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He's always... No, he, I said the bar is raised and he's reaching to get that bar. Like he's getting up there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This movie, like, granted, I haven't seen all his movies, but from what I have seen him do before this is definitely a step away from the norm yeah and mm-hmm. well he killed it quite all that's a bad oh pun. yeah uh, <laughs> uh, you could say his performance was he killer. performed really well as the sergeant and all the actors did if we're being completely honest mm-hmm. i don't e- even the uh captain what what the hell the captain coward i can't remember that oh the dude who was like pissing oh. bottles yeah um, I can't remember what his name was, but even him, who Bra- was Bozeman or whatever, or Bra- yeah, Bozeman or something like that. He was supposed Bozeman. to be an unlikable character, mm-hmm. but I I actually really respected his character, right? Because they highlighted he's still around because he doesn't take unnecessary risks. Yeah, he he is yeah. lived because he pisses in bottles. He doesn't <laughs> go outside unless there's an escort, right? Mm-hmm. So unless like it's well, really see, important. And it was. Go on, Pam. I was going to say, and it's also like when you're in a situation like that, you can't wait for his visual on yeah. a weapon. Like, you're being shot at. Obviously, there's a weapon there. Mm-hmm. And like, and so that just shows that he is, he's stereotypical brass who has never been out in the field. Except he was. He was. Like, yeah, he survived. He was, he was in Iraq. Yeah, he was out in the field. That's just the way. I think the thing is like. Things. But um, that's actually one character who in real life had a different name and they like it's in the book but they changed for the movie mm. because whoever the guy was was heavily criticized for the way he handled the situation yeah and the director didn't want to shed any more light on him basically because he's kind of been publicly uh, okay. shamed enough right mm. so this guy did fuck up the situation unfortunately yeah um but at the same time i think that they kind of did well because they highlighted that this guy was trying to defuse the situation between the army and the locals. The right? locals, yeah. He was trying to compromise with them when they were just fundamentally in a situation that they couldn't compromise at all. Yeah. Well, right? and see, and I was looking at that situation of you are in a country in a conflict where it's like they very obviously don't want you there. It and it's already you're basically up against a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no amount. Of it's very hard to do. defuse that situation. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess I'll go in with my initial thoughts. Sure. Yeah, as as a movie, as a, purely a movie, I was not upset with this movie. It was great, um, well shot, well executed. The acting was great. All of that was fantastic. However, as I don't know. As, I don't, as a human being who is neither American nor Afghani, um, I didn't like this movie. So, again, to reiterate, the movie itself wasn't bad. But personally, I didn't like it. Mostly because it... Maybe, maybe, it, was just, maybe it was too real for me, if, I, if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. But at the same time, it also... It still sort of felt like again. The let we all know here the Taliban are they're hor- like uh, they're the beggars. They're horrible. Like the things they've done, just off the charts ridiculous, right? But at the same time, I 
I don't know. I feel like it's it was too early to have him. I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to say this as delicately as possible. Just be blunt. Yeah, I, I feel like it's too early because the Afghan the Afghan U.S. wars are still going on at the yeah. moment. Yeah, I feel like it was too early for them to make a movie like this because I think... we don't really have all. You know how like we think back to like you know World War Two, blah blah blah. Yeah. We can talk about those because we already have a all all a completion and all if not most of the mm-hmm. of the details about what went wrong, what mm-hmm. went right, all of those kind of things, right? All of that is made public knowledge. Yeah. Um, with something like this, there's very much about we don't know why there was an outpost there. We don't know who put it there. We don't know the Americans put it there. Well, well I mean, yeah, but like we don't know. Why they we don't know who they were sending there, why they were sending them there, things like that. Yeah. We still don't know. Like Michael made the joke earlier on that that's probably what they sent to like, you know, like <laughs> the rejects, you know, the, the rejects. rejects or whatever. Like we don't, and all these things I feel in my head changes the uh, dynamic of the story because let's just let's just say for instance hypothetically that's why they sent the rejects. Then it's like, then really the real enemy in that situation, yes, the Taliban are bad, but the real enemy is whoever sent them there. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. Which is arguably yeah. just as bad because you're, and those are, the, and let's imagine the people who sent them there are the same people who are like, here's this badge of honor, you know? And it's like, I don't know. To me, I feel like there's just so much unknown that I just wasn't comfortable watching it because yeah. I was like, I'm not buying it. This is this is just like you're trying to make me feel like America is all holy and they're going to send yeah. choppers in to protect all their soldiers and everyone's going to be happy type of thing, um, which isn't true. So I I don't know. I it just felt like the film was lying to me. But that's just as a, again as a film, it was good. Technically, the director did a great job. The actors did a great job. The editing, all of that. The technicalities of a movie were good. You're just uneasy. But the truth. I'm just uncomfortable with the film itself. <laughs> I'm I think because the film that soon. just shows that the film did a good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to make a comment because you said like it seems like it's too soon and we don't have all the the knowledge and all that. I don't even know if there is a good time to make a war a movie of war about the Middle East. Oh God, a movie about the war in like the Middle East and Afghanistan and all that because like really they've been going on for. Well, no, I mean, as far as America has been involved, it's only it's been yeah. like twenty yeah. years. It's been twenty years. Yeah, yeah. and again, don't uh, get me wrong. The, okay, so the the Taliban versus the like Afghani civilians or Afghani government, that's been a bun- like that. That's part of the Afghan civil war. That's been going on for a while, hundred percent, right? Yeah. Even before America was involved, um, as we all know, a lot of countries present went through one type of civil war or the other during their mm-hmm. time or whatever so that's nor i won't say it's normal but like again that's just how human beings work um yeah. but why i say it might have been too early like i get what you mean where it's like the the my my being uncomfortable wasn't because of how real it was i was it it, it looked realistic it was fine my being uncomfortable is the narrative that like us as because i'm I'm looking at this like i would see this as a movie yes it's based off a true story but then like Mm -hmm. like michael said all like all of the events 
didn't play out like maybe they switched some things around all of that didn't play out over like a summer because apparently it looked like everything happened in like a summer for some weird reason um all of that didn't happen in that said summer you know all of that didn't all of those things that happened didn't happen in that short of a time span so that's where i'm coming from that i felt uncomfortable because i almost felt lied to and which means Mm -hmm. that like i Basically, why I say it's too soon is because there's obviously so much detail that we're missing in this. Yeah. That I just I just can't watch it and then be like, this is how I feel about the Afghan war now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the thing oh, is, no, no. you need to watch this with the knowledge that it's it's a movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, if it was a documentary, then it's that different. would be a different case. Yeah. yeah. But See? with a movie, you expect them to rejiggle events mm-hmm. because otherwise the movie wouldn't be very good. Yeah, because I'm not about to sit through like uh, four, four, four years with multiple casts of characters as people cycled in and out of. Yeah, right. That, that, you know what I mean? yeah. that would be exhausting. It wouldn't be very good. So mm-hmm. you you condense it down to get the gist of what happened mm-hmm. while still sort of being entertained or you know enthralled at the very least. But like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And like, I think the thing is like, especially with this war as well, right? It's been going on for 20 years, right? And the events of this movie happened in 2009? Yes. Nine. That's about 11 years ago already. Yeah. That's a long fucking time. Like, you think about it, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, we, people who go into this movie, right, they kind of know what... I shouldn't say they kind of know what the Afghan war is about because people are dumbasses. Yeah. But, like, like we yeah, know what the like Afghan war is about. The public in general. Like, we know what it's about, but at the same time... We don't know. Like, I don't know if you're getting where I'm coming from. Oh, no, we kind of... There's no objective in that war. That's mm-hmm. the problem. That's the problem. Is there's, they didn't go... It's not World War II, we need to beat Germany. Yes. Mm-hmm. We got to office buildings in the States blowing up, so we're just going to kind of wander into the desert and try and figure <laughs> out who did it. It's, it and there's, there's, then, like, what's the win condition of this these wars, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows, and that's the problem. That's is, the problem with this war. Yeah, which is... Well, and what makes it worse? Yeah, yeah. What makes it worse? Sorry, sorry. I, I for for a minute, you guys went silent. I thought I got cut off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. What makes it worse is that the U.S. got everyone, every other country involved, involved. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the U.S. What didn't they just put NATO? I don't know. Because like they're like, hey, we're declaring war, and we're all part of this big group of so countries that support too. each other. So you should too, yeah. you know. And it's kind of like. There's another war we'll movie see. from like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. which broke down this idea of like a lot of people think like the U.S. invaded Afghanistan because of the direct results of 9/11, mm-hmm. but it's because of something else. Because mm-hmm. I think it was like it was like 9/11, U.S. invaded Iraq, and then like a year or two later, then Afghanistan, something like that. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of like a like a big real. mess. The invasion of Afghanistan was them looking for an excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, because that's what empires do. <laughs> right. Well, Which see- is where, like, I'm me watching this movie again. Maybe because maybe the human it brought out the human in me. Because for me at that point, I'm just like, these soldiers shouldn't be here. You know. You know. What I mean? I, I, well, see, I like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, yes, a lot of troops have pulled out of Afghanistan and Iran and all that and Iraq. But the reality is, like. Maybe you, not as many U.S. troops are there peacekeeping, but there's tons of Canadian troops that are still there doing peacekeeping missions mm-hmm. because 
we have to go clean up after the U.S. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I've kind of nailed down what the discomfort this movie comes from for me is at, at risk of calling the United States the evil empire, um, just due to the nature of the way they're meddling in other countries that they shouldn't, right? Yeah. We are following a group of good guys working for a bad empire. Yeah, right? yeah. we're following and, good and, people working for a bad empire. Yeah, and, and that's where the discomfort comes from. It's like, oh, you guys shouldn't be there, but I want you to get out because you don't deserve this. Yeah, you don't right? deserve to die. It's not your fault. It's, this is that not Uncle your problem. Sam, yeah. Uncle Sam made you go fucking t invade Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Like Carter was how twenty one. They were all like early twenty. They're, they're all kids. Most of them were well, younger see, than me. And that was yeah. one thing that shocked me is like that end of the movie where they have like the picture of the real soldier and then their actor and then their age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I'm sitting here as like as a twenty seven year old and like the captain that got blown up on the bridge was thirty one and I'm like sitting there I'm like that's only four years older than what I am now. And most of the people were like 21, 22. Two, 20, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, they were really young. And it's like, no, we're not going into like a whole war podcast thing, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> the biggest problem of this movie is, with a, another biggest problem, the reason why it gets uncomfortable is because of this idea of a lot of times when you see America going into wars, right? Mm -hmm. They're either portrayed as the good guy Right, like, hey, we're gonna go f liberate and free the people, right, from this evil dictator. <laughs> Vietnam, yeah, yeah Vietnam, right? Mm -hmm. Like every single Vietnam movie, it's always America going in fucking uh, ride of the Valkyrie song, yeah, yeah. in like orange, ke chemical orange smoke, all that shit, right? And you're like, hey, yes, let's go fuck up some Vietcons or some shit like that, mm -hmm. right? Or it's being told from the other point of view where it's like, hey, these guys just like showed up and like trying to take over our land. And we don't know mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, it's kind of like no, quote unquote, like the, it's America, but it's like not so the American government. It's I, again, just people. because we're around and we're aware of the politics that has happened very much since 2009, mm -hmm. we're negating all of the, hey, we're going to fight the Taliban, but guess what? Behind the scenes, some of us are funding some Taliban members for some yeah. oil land. Yeah. Or, and these guys obviously mm -hmm. didn't know that. That's yeah, the thing. You know, these guys I, don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the problem lies. In like, in the, I'll say mid-2000s, but even the later 2000s, it, it was a different time, particularly in the States. Mm -hmm. In the States, like, let, let's not forget Americans are kind of bloodthirsty and they wanted revenge. Yeah. Right? Like, mm -hmm. especially after 9-11 happened, the cultural mindset of the States was, go in and fuck them up. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm -hmm. so that, that But then was, people, again, what Americans in general forgot was the... <laughs> The Taliban or Al Qaeda at the time, that wasn't Afghanistan. That's the thing. That was the group. That was you know? an insurgent. Exactly. Group. Yeah. That like, was not affiliated with the. Like, the Afghan not government Afghan had nothing to do with them. But Although, like, let's, let's be, not be naive here. Let's, there's probably connections. Well, there's okay, there's connections there. Okay, I think yes. that's the thing what we're trying to get at in this movie, especially with like the captain. Um, or whatever, why he was always trying to find the diffuse the situation between the locals, yeah, because mm -hmm. the realization that the locals have nothing to do with it, yeah, yeah. And it's like one of the greatest sales that geared to the American public, especially after like 9 11, was like, Here is your bad guy, it's mm -hmm. this thing in this country, so let's go fuck up this thing in this country, yeah, you know. And like it's now been twenty years, and like you can't, you, that message of who originally did it and where they were hiding has been lost. Yeah, and now mm -hmm. and obviously there's a lot of like public 
animosity towards war at this point, right? Which it's kind of evolved. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to be there anymore. Yeah, no one wants to be there. Part. So that that's a good thing, honestly. Um, but I'm gonna try and drag this back to the movie itself rather than discussing the politics of the yeah, situation. Yeah, this is um, what we're trying to So, <laughs> uh, putting all that to the side, as a whole, the movie itself is very well constructed, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because it it our characters in a bubble are the underdog. Mm -hmm. um, they're under constant threat. And I like the way that the like first half of the movie before that big battle happened, <clears throat> basically what it did is they were getting pot shots taken at them all throughout the movie, right? It's just, it's, they'd be doing something and boom, gunfire would start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that did a really, really, really good job of establishing a strong tension that held up throughout the movie, right? Yeah. Um, I really liked how they did that. Um, I, it was actually like anxiety inducing. Exactly. I, I don't want to compare it to a horror movie, but it was similar in that sense. Yeah, because right? you knew something was going to happen. The axe was always hanging over your head. See, for me, case. my favorite moment is when Scott Eastwood's character, mm -hmm. like, they ask him, like, oh, why do you think they're just taking random shots? And he was like, oh, they're testing us. Because if I was to launch an attack, this is what I would do. Yeah. And he describes it, and I'm like, holy shit. You guys are that's fucked. what's going to happen. And then that's exactly how they did it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the soldiers did this, and the soldiers knew this. Yeah. And apparently in, like real life there was a third base that they had that the budget didn't allow for, or a second base they had that the budget didn't allow for mm -hmm. so there's three patrols there was like the people on the ground there's the people patrolling ground and then there is another base who was actually higher up which would provide support in case the base fell under attack mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so i guess that wasn't included in the movie but the people on patrol were always like we are sitting ducks if i were to attack mm -hmm. this is how i would do it and the, everybody there just knew how fucked they were if uh -huh. they actually came under attack. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That line will brings. Go on, Pam. Uh, I said it brings into like the sense of morality, like your morality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and it... that's something like you guys all mentioned. What like made you get you feel uncomfortable with this movie? And the biggest thing that made me feel uncomfortable um, was the. I guess realism like I guess the emotion you could feel watching this movie mm -hmm. because personally like I know tons of people in the military and who were over in Iraq and Afghanistan and that and how seeing how they were before they went there and the completely different person that they come back as well yeah it completely rewires your brain because you're oh yeah you're, you're now a being that has been under constant threat 24 7 right it's, mm -hmm. It the wired, fight or flight. Yeah, it wires a survival instinct into you that you can't get rid of. And we just happen to call that PTSD. Quite right? PTSD. Because you're, you're still in combat mode even after you come home. So, um, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Uh, and I think this just, like, shows it, it really, really well. I think this probably, like this movie, out of all the war movies I have watched, does that in the most amazing way, I think. And the sort of the final battle as well really mm -hmm. highlighted how these people are acting under stress and how it permanently mm -hmm. affects them, right? Like with Carter and his sort of therapy session right at the end. Yeah. That was rough. Um, oh, that was so yeah. rough. Like that line, like, oh, was he your friend? <laughs> no. Oh. But like he still started crying. You're like, man, that really fucked you up. Yeah. Like, I, it's just, I, I think about sort of this thing that happened in high school where. Um, we saw we saw an old woman just 
uh, or we found an old woman who had been riding her scooter and had fallen into the ditch, right? Oh. And then we had to call the ambulance, and she was fine. Yeah. But even something as small as that, it it, it kind of left me feeling anxious for the rest of the day, right? Yeah. Because it's like, oh shit, something's happening. Um, and then you're kind of wired for the rest of it. So I can't even fathom how bad it would be if you're actually trapped in a situation like those guys were. That is just... Well, and going... Sorry. Going? Come on. Going back to, like, Carter's therapy session at the end of the movie is, like, what she says is, was he your friend? But there's that line that the lieutenant says that, like, oh, he has all of our blood. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like everyone tried to save him kind of yeah. thing. And, like, yes, you guys may not be friends, but... But you stick if together. One, <laughs> you, you hold each other up. And if yeah. you... One member falls, potentially all of you guys could fall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the band of brothers concept. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I get, I get that. that. And like, that's one part that I would agree this movie did really well is to establish that these, more or less, what connected all of these guys wasn't the fact that they were. I mean, they had the whole like frat boy behavior type issues there, yeah. but what united them was just their common goal, which bound was to survive. Yeah, basically, <laughs> bound by trauma. <laughs> bound by trauma. Um, which again, that's a very human thing to happen when yeah. you, you you go through a bunch of things with a bunch of people. You that kind of sticks with you guys, uh, you know, for a long time. Um, yeah, the, sorry. The one thing I didn't like in this movie was uh, when the Apaches showed up. There was like sort of victorious music playing. <laughs> that took me out of it. I mean, we didn't need a like, victorious music. Like we did not need that music. I think the representation of the choppers showing up should have been a bit more um, ominous. Like Somebody. finally, yeah, right. Like holy shit, it's it's done. Finally over, mm-hmm. right? Not fuck yeah, the there choppers was... have shown up. <laughs> there was music. I must have totally missed that. I must have just been so in depth yeah. on, on watching it that my brain didn't. That even was notice made it. so that all the Americans watching it would just it, start it, clapping. It, or something. it felt a little bit too <laughs> in the patriotic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's in the movie theater moment where like the choppers cheers. cheers and like you hear that yeah. frat boy from the back like "fuck you, America number one." Was <laughs> <laughs> some shit like that. Oh, oh no. my goodness! I see. Oh, sorry, Uchiko. I, I, maybe I'm just in a... I don't know. My, my opinion on this might change in the morning. I don't know. But maybe I'm just in a weird one of those moods where I'm just like... Again, it's gone to a point for me even when I watch films in general that I... This is from a film perspective, too. Also from a life perspective. I'm tired of um, stories that tell me this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. Go. You know, that's the story, go. You know, where it's like, well, now it's like you're having the U.S. soldiers. Uh, I, 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 This did it well for what it was trying to do. Again, I'm not knocking this movie. It was a great movie. But I, I kind you of... didn't want to cheer for the soldiers. You didn't want to, I didn't want to, cheer, for, to, I didn't want to cheer for anyone. Like, it was just one of... If I, I wish it was done in such a way where it was like... Ambiguous? Yeah, yeah, if that makes sense. Where it's like the soldiers were doing what they had to do to survive, but then maybe just needed a different type of director to do what I'm thinking that I wanted to yeah. see. 
but, but at the same time, it is their story fundamentally. It is. Right? Yeah, that's it the is. So this is the story of the 53 soldiers stationed on the base when it was attacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is what, that is the lens that's being filtered through. Yeah. Look, that's, I guess that's true. So that's fair. you could tell the story mm -hmm. of the Taliban going, we need to get these weapons through this area, but we have a big fuck off US base in mm -hmm. here. How do we get rid of them? And you could tell this compelling story about okay we're going to poke them and prod them and we're gonna we gotta get out because they can see us at night when we can't mm -hmm. they have way better weaponry than we do right? right so you could totally take the same situation and craft a completely different narrative from it that could be equally compelling but it's just so happens that we live in the west yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> do i guess i guess that's true i mean like if i'm pretty sure afghanistan must have like a film industry but do you think they're going to be making movies about the Taliban's being the good guys? No. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm just, <laughs> I'm just thinking back to, again, no comparison whatsoever uh, to the soldiers that were actually at this. They're not probably not listening to this podcast, but if you are, <laughs> mad respect, honestly. Um, I'm not comparing this to any way. But then I think back to, again, my favorite war movie, Fury, right? In Fury, it wasn't necessarily, the hey, the Nazis are bad guys. We need to kill all of them. It was more hey, human beings just suck. You know what I mean? Like, that's more or less how I felt in that. And it just got to a point where you just... The, the movie made you just hate humanity. Like, you know like you know what I mean? At some point, you're just like, you know what? Just blow up the world. I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? This movie kind of... It, it made me care for humanity, but it made me care for only American humanity. Well, is, you didn't care for American humanity. You cared for the soldiers there yeah. and like yeah which means it's a movie did a good job i think yeah i, I get so. i get where you the dilemmas the dichotomy is coming from because mm -hmm. it's america but then the soldiers are not america you know yeah, <laughs> yeah so you kind of got to disjoint the two and, yeah and that that's something that i didn't have too much trouble doing personally mm -hmm. but it is it was in the back of my head honestly but the fact that this movie did such a good job of presenting these characters as dudes just trying to survive yeah. was it, it really elevated the movie yeah in my eyes. i guess so um can i say something i really liked about this movie go for it i love the fact that before like maybe the when captain whatever the fuck his name was before he ever asked for like oh do you have confirmation of like a weapon we never actually saw the tavern soldiers We'd hear the gun f shots. We'd see the American shoot soldiers shooting back, but we never saw the Taliban soldiers. Yeah. They kind of added this, like, sense of, like, holy shit, where are you actually being shot from? Mm -hmm. This is kind of a terrifying situation you're in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they had to use mortars to kill them because yeah. their bullets couldn't reach. Yeah, I like that. I like I that, admit, like, fear factor. The best part of it, though, was, uh, was... What was his name? Was his name Mohammed, maybe? Where yeah, he was like, Muhammad. there's 1,000 Taliban soldiers on their way. They're taking over the village. Like, yeah, he's crazy. He says that all the time. Yeah, he said that last week. And then, <laughs> and then you just see like a swarm of them just coming down the hill. And you're like, oh, shit. So <laughs> that, that, I enjoyed that. That was something I was like, oh, it's getting real now. Yeah. Which, which is from a movie perspective, I thought that was just it's a like, great sequence. Muhammad, you, you cry wolf too much. Yeah. And like, as soon as I said, I like, asked oh, them fighting mass. <laughs> It's coming. <laughs> I think one of my, one of my, I don't want to say favorite lines, but I really like the line. You're my second favorite, Muhammad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that, but like, fuck, that was so rude. Oh <laughs> I heard goodness. that, I was like, wow. Um, 
there's one thing that I I, I noticed in this movie, and it probably was because there was no female there on base. But it, I wonder, I'm shocked actually the movie didn't put some sort of female character in there. Well, I doubt there was any on base. Right? Yeah, so, at the beginning of... And yeah. it, it might have been a little jarring, honestly, because then you've got to That's deal exactly with the it. soldier sexism dynamic. And Which is a very, very real it, thing. It's very it's real thing. very real right and now. You even got a little bit of that with the therapist at the end where he's like, you're good looking. And you kind of pretty. I was like, this, um, this is yeah. a good time. Yeah, yeah, but this is so really just dumb. think about the actual dynamics on base. If they inc- had included mm-hmm. a woman... That would have just opened a whole can of worms. Yeah. So. Oh, they, exactly, and, and that's why, like, I'm, like, I'm shocked that the film industry wasn't like, we need to have our token female. N- and then well, I'm like, I'm actually really glad they didn't do that. Well, because yeah. I, since it was based off of a true story, though, I guess it, was it makes sense to not. It's yeah. like, it's like I don't know. We did Just Mercy, which is also based off a true story. It's like having that, but it was like. Hey, what if we had just a random female be like a lawyer or something that helps out with yeah. this, that, and that's like, and then that person romantic, exist, you know what I mean? But Triangle like, you know what I mean? Thing. Like Hollywood always likes to skirt that line of where it's like, oh, can we try and fit like, you know what I mean? Well, this was an independently produced. Yeah, it was uh, independently. Movie. Produced, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so I it did not know that. And so. the director, the studio he was working with was a smaller one, and the mm-hmm. director was working directly with the studio head who I think was actually one of the mm. actors as well in the movie. See? So they had, yeah, they and had like, a really I... good relationship. And also I would say with with Hollywood it's a little bit different because now you've had kind of a the Hollywood you're referring to is the Hollywood of like 90s and like maybe the first 10 years of the 2000s. Because mm-hmm. present day Hollywood, like yes, I do give them a lot of flack because Oscars is always just white people, but the os- the quality of Oscar picked movies lately mm-hmm. has been a little bit different. Where like they they've been less about gender inequality, more about th- uh, they've been more about race than anything. But the movies themselves yeah. in general are the really brilliantly shot and executed films mm-hmm. that are chosen. For the Oscars, right? Um, it's just more of an ethnicity thing. But other than that, that's I would say I that's not. Saying, like, it's I'm the glad. crappy, maybe the crappy Hollywood ones that don't get recognized for anything, <laughs> Birds of Prey, that get uh, sh- shat on for you know shoehorning female characters in or stuff like that. Yeah. Because See, then, and that's why I'm glad this movie didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying that's a problem. Like it's like. It, it's I'm glad they didn't do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it kept the story focused as well. Right. Yeah. Which you wanted to, right? Yeah, so. th- this this was an incredibly focused movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Can't give it enough credit for that. It stayed on track. Like, I'm all for... Oh. Go on, Pam. As you say, I'm all for, like, having, like, a female roles, like, and especially female of color roles in movies, but, like, this was a movie that it wouldn't have worked in. No, mm-hmm. not at all. No. So. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I also like how, again, so... everything, as soon as the beginning starts at the base, it stays on base and doesn't leave base. Yeah. The entire story yeah. is literally the taking place at the base, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the, the outpost, base. if you will. So, it that's, which was great. That's how you're yeah. supposed to do it. So, and it shows Ten. like their world. Like this is all those soldiers had was this, you know, mm-hmm. thirty 
acre Although I want, compound. I keep wondering. Uh, anyway, Can did we... they address how they got like supplies, like food and things? How chopper. Air at night. Chopper so they just they dropped them or no? Choppers could land there. Yeah. They oh, land okay. Helicopters. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing is they couldn't fly helicopters in in the day because then they could be hit by RPGs. Oh my yeah. goodness. Okay, I want to say something so we can like backtrack sure. maybe a minute. <clears throat> you heard it here first. The Northern Critic does not support gender diversity. <laughs> does not support gender diversity. <laughs> no no oh women in the army, people. It's a man only controversy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it was right there. Like as soon as you guys are like, it wouldn't have worked in this movie. I'm like, I have to see this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, well, no, because then like, this is a joke, Sam. Yeah, no, no, no I, I get that, but I feel like I have the need to talk about this. Okay, for those listening, this maybe might not be that. This is not related to this movie in any way, but sidebar. Um, I know someone who believes that. Uh, the problems of the world are limited to the 1% where even the things we watch, like say the outposts, for instance, that we just reviewed today, um, are things that are shoehorned to us, the public, by the 1% because they want to teach us how to think. Um, and not recognizing that, uh, basically saying that even just having your TV in the middle of your living room shows that you're part of the problem or you're part of the matrix. That <laughs> um, oh, Michael's laugh in the studio, you can't see Michael right now, but that was literally my reaction when I heard this because I was just kind of like, it's gonna be one of those, <laughs> one of those arguments. Um, but here's the thing, okay? Films are an art, right? They're, they're, they're created by people that, not even, by the, the outpost alone, the credits, I'm pretty sure they're possibly maybe close to 200 to 250 people working on this movie in total, right? Mm-hmm. These are people who have to, who have families, have jobs, like this is their job. They have to make these films to feed themselves and their families. Um... I feel personally that you are undermining the amount of work they put into these things by saying they're they're drones controlled by the one percent because they're trying to teach us what to think. You know, that's just me. So, like in general, I'm just trying to put that out again. Put putting that out there. This film or the films we've reviewed in the past aren't. Uchi knows about this this already. Um, they're not. We, as your Northern Critic hosts, are not telling you how to think about things, even based off of our opinions. I mean, we're right to tell you don't be racist or don't be sexist. I mean, that's not an opinion. That's don't not an opinion. Racist, don't be exactly. Sexist. But, again, that doesn't mean that uh, I'm pretty sure, um, I don't know, give me a rich person's name. A 1% person's name. Jeff Bezos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos isn't ringing up uh, our Northern Critic email or our phones telling us, you guys should talk about how Just Mercy is just one more reason why black people are being like subjugated in America. Um, that's not a thing. So, again, we're not telling you what to think or anything like that. That's totally up to you. Um and to be honest, to this person who actually made that comment, like the fact that you're listening to us means our opinions actually bug you, which is actually pretty hilarious. But again, 
Our opinions are supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. And we're doing our jobs correctly. Yeah. So I just needed to make that clarification on air that that's where we stand with this. We're not telling you how to think. We're just do what you will. Here's the thing. Our Uh, podcast is solely for entertainment value. mm -hmm. And if you want to take what we say, because we are not trying to offend anyone in any way. If you take what we say to heart and it actually bugs you, that is your problem because (laughs) we have a disclaimer that is like, we are for entertainment. These are our our opinions on this movie. Mm -hmm. We're not film, like we're not professionally trained film critics. We're a bunch of people, I mean, except for Sam. We're We're a bunch of people who wanted to do this because we really like watching movies mm-hmm. and, and wanted to discuss this and share our opinions with the world. You guys are so much more diplomatic than me. Okay, yeah, I want to say this because it's my favorite. Mike was just like, fuck you, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, my favorite movie of all time, Four Lions, I quote, oh, that's your opinion. Were well, your opinions trash, mate? <laughs> there we go. See, I tried to be extremely diplomatic when I heard this comment, but it what just... What was the comment the It right? was... Okay, hold on. I, wait, I, I think I remember it. Yes. Um, have you ever wondered why TV shows are called programs? <laughs> <laughs> it's because it is designed to program your mind to think of like, what the 1% is telling you. This person made if this you, comment after listening to one of our episodes. If you right think now. about it, the TV is in the center of the <laughs> living room. So it is... Here's, okay. the, here's, here's yeah. the official... One way to notice that you are a casualty of the Matrix requires that you examine your living room decker. It, is it centered around the placement of a television? The modern living room has been masterfully hijacked for mass programming. It is not a linguistic coincidence that TV shows are called programs. The focal point of your living space is a programming device, functionally equipped with eyes and ears many times, but you already knew this. Mate, that's a troll. I was going to say, if your TV is in the middle of the living room, why is it not against a wall? (laughs) That's a good point. You know, just my favorite thing about that comment, this person can literally just say all this right i'm like it's just a fancy way to say people don't read as much guess what i do i read books too (laughs) don't you read books michael i I read read just a few yeah sam don't you read books i do i read a lot of books Uh, i write books too (laughs) (laughs) i like books too you know do you know why it's called a book because it is Literally caught a fucking book. <laughs> like there's nothing Uchi? you were yes. reaching there. <laughs> yeah. Uchi. Yes. I love how you ask everyone else except me if they read books. Well Pam, I know you read books. <laughs> oh I read it alright. Anyways, I see what you mean. It's literally it's a TV because it's a TV and I'm looking I'm sitting in my living room right now looking at it. My living room is centered around my coffee table. See, that's not even the point. The point of this is... The fact that we are discussing this means that this fucker won. <laughs> yeah, the kind of dead. <laughs> they won. That like, person's living in a headspace rent yeah. free right now. Rent free. I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. I just this, needed to clarify wait, wait, because... No, again, if I clarify in comments, I want to bring this up, right? Yeah. 
I don't like the fact that I'm called the radical person when Mike was more far left than me. <laughs> Michael's just reserved on air. So. Yes. <laughs> I go like this. It's like Uchi the Onikis. I'm like, wait, what? Oh my goodness. So, All right. I well, guess. Okay. Should we, should we have a final thought? Yeah, that's what I was that's about to literally uh, segue into. Yeah, I um, to go watch some TV programs. <laughs> Um, over here at the Northern Critic Podcast, we rate and review our films using a coordinate system. We have North for good writing and South for bad writing. In a similar sense, we have an East for good cinematography or style, casting, all of the other stuff that makes a movie juicy and nice to watch. You know, you can wiggle your butt while you watch. Um, <laughs> and a West, Glad. if all of that was... <laughs> but why? And a West, if all of that was a bad... I literally thought of my cat wiggling his button from the TV this morning. Um, okay, <laughs> I'll give that one to yeah. you. So, um, again, if a movie was really good with fantastic writing, fantastic you know, casting, directing, style, all of that, it would be a Northeast. Um, and if the movie was really bad with bad writing and bad cinematography, it would be a Southwest. Um, and then everything else falls in between. Uh, in addition to that, we use our north, south, east, and west. Uh, well, those are represented by the uh, GMT line and the equator, uh, for those of you who are geography buffs. So sometimes we use countries. Uh, so guess what? This podcast is also great for you to get better at geography. Um, so the GMT line and the equator are our north, south, east, west. And then whatever country we say... Uh, within that bubble is basically our verdict on the film. Okay, so mm-hmm. as uh, this is a movie about a war in the Middle East, <laughs> I'm gonna give this Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me. You got me with that one. Oh my goodness. You got me with that. That was good. I, the writing was decent, but it is a true story, and I like how they sort of finagled the events around a little bit to make sort of a compelling narrative, but fundamentally, it was a simple story. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a well-executed story, but it was simple, so you, it the bar is... <laughs> the bar wasn't particularly high, but they cleared it, so yeah. to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but from sort of the perspective of like the way the actors handled it, the way... Um, I, I don't want to say the cinematography itself, but the casting and just the tone of the movie was uh, just so sort of oppressive and anxiety-inducing mm-hmm. that I really, really liked that. That was the highlight of the movie for me, right? Mm-hmm. The story was meh, but the atmosphere was excellent. Uh, so, yeah. That's my thoughts. All right. No, I'm, that was good. You really got me. Uh, who's going next? Were you going to say Vietnam? <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say country in the Middle East. Yeah, I know. I, that, <laughs> that really got me. I, I was like, all right, yeah, you got me. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I shall um, give... I guess... <laughs> Yes, white woman, cut me off again. I was <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't sure if you were going or if I was going or what. It was just air silence. He's so you can go first. To with. Yeah, it's funny. Go, <laughs> I just like saying that because it's funny. I will give this movie uh, Malaysia. You know, I okay. agree with Michael. Like the story itself is not like the most wow. You know, blow my mind kind of story, right? But like the casting, the the way this movie shot, just like the way it's told, right? That alone, like that style, the cinematography, that was mm-hmm. really great. I love the way the m- movie made me feel. I do love like the way the first half is kind of like this 
daily life saga kind of thing before transitioning into like the final battle i enjoy that i like the way the final battle is portrayed and like just the pure chaos of that all mm-hmm. and like the fact that you felt that they might not survive this yeah that like, was a big factor actually how yeah. many characters died that was, was insane. very significant in ramping the tension up yeah because like they'd be like oh, okay we're gonna make it run for it right it's like all right we're gonna be good we're gonna be good gets out the truck shot dead i'm like holy shit you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of battle of the bastards from game of thrones fucking zigzag kid like that had a a similar vibe to it in how chaotic the fights were right yeah is the characters had little to no agency in these fights things happened to them yeah things happened to them yeah that's really the best way to describe it is maybe they survive and if they do it's not because they did anything it's just a little lucky yeah no in the right place at that time (laughs) so yeah malaysia yeah all right um, I guess I will go next and I will give this a Sam Pitt. Yes, that's what I'm going to give it. Literally Sam Pitt. I'm putting it in my armpit on this one. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mostly because the story was just okay, but the cinematography and everything else was really good. Um, Bitch, as everyone tries to Google where Sam Pitt is. <laughs> so. okay, you know, no. That's literally what I'm doing right now. I'm like, where the <laughs> fuck is this? Is that a city? Yes. <laughs> He's a fucking city on us. <laughs> no, this is only works when everyone chooses the exact same country. Yeah. That's why it gets ridiculous. It's a, it's a Sam Pitt. Are you mad at the fact that Michael won up all of us a couple of episodes ago by choosing that fucking province in Russia? I just thought I just thought naming a place after my name would be cool. So that sounds like vanity to be honest. But it's like it's in my armpit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You liked it, but he didn't. Is what he's trying to tell us. Exactly. It's just it's going in my armpit. You know what's the best thing about the armpit? It's like it's underneath the equator. Yeah. So it's like not good writing. Yeah, be- just because just a smidge, just, a little, just, just a because of all of the just uncertainties does. I have with, okay. with the fair. film. <laughs> but again, everything else, casting, the acting, like I said earlier, all of that was just perfect. So, yeah, a sand pit. Put up a sand pit. It, I'm just gonna put it underneath my armpit and go home and yeah, maybe check the best it part. In uh, the how do we know if that's how it's pronounced? Did I actually pronounce it like that? I mean, what? How else would you pronounce that, though? I don't know. I don't know. What? What <laughs> language is in Indonesia? It's, it's in Indonesia, I think. It's it's literally two syllables. I don't know how you would. Whatever. Come, uh, give yeah. us yeah, right. rescue us from this. Uh, I'm gonna give this in India. Um, okay. The writing was decent. Like it, like you said, it's based on a true story, so they just kind of rearranged some events. And didn't really add too much to it, um, which I, I mean, I enjoyed, but at the same time, it didn't make for fantastic writing. Acting was amazing. I really liked how anxiety inducing this movie is. I mean, usually I don't, <laughs> but um, I literally sat there like so into this movie, like elbows on knees, leaning forward towards my television set. Oh, I have a good um, question once Pam is done for you guys. Let her finish on. <laughs> Yeah, just hold on. Was... Come on, Pam. What? Sorry? Go on. Go on. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting I'm on letting you. you finish. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I, I heard something come from your side, and I thought someone has yeah. started was going to say something. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. The acting was great. Um, it definitely made me feel uncomfortable at parts. Um, 
and yeah, overall, really, really good. Like, yeah, Jim giving it India. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and guess what? It was my pick, and for the most part, we've enjoyed it. I can pick decent movies. <laughs> you did a good job. Well, when you're not punishing us. <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause for you. Oh my goodness. I was just going to ask, which uh, which was more stressful to watch? This, like The Outpost or Uncut, Uncut Gems. Gems? Uncut Gems. Oh, this easily. For me, this it was, was Uncut more Gems. stressful. Uncut Gems, I just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Uncut Gems is the best fucking stressful. I haven't watched Uncut Gems. Me. Like I, I was like, this, this man stressed me out so much, and he deserves to get whatever he, he gets. Deserves he deserves to get gut. It's yeah, he <laughs> did, but it's still stressed no, because he, of how yeah, dumb he was. I agree with you. Okay, I mean, no, see, I don't. I'm not sympathetic. Yeah, if I see someone fucking up, I'm like, hey. You deserve it. You deserve it. For me, Uncut Gems was, it stressed me how stupid he was. Because <laughs> I didn't want to be stressed by stupidity. He'd be like, okay, you got the money, pay it off, does something stupid. I'm like, why am I like this? <laughs> I just do something that is super, like, girly of me? Go for it. Yeah. Scott Eastwood, he was in this movie. And I mean, Scott Eastwood is bae. I loved him. <laughs> You know, so you're just a <laughs> you're just a hoe now for Scott Eastwood, Listen, all the Chris's. I'm a straight dude, I mean, and I, I mean, can if recognize Scott what Eastwood that man showed is. Scott Eastwood showed up at my door. I would not say no. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I cannot. You know, what, this reminds me of the argument we had, and where like you, you know, what, it's fine. It's fine. Let's wrap up. We'll leave it. In the, we'll leave it in the bin. This oh it's fine. God. It's fine. Oh, okay. uh, and what happens if Michael B. Jordan shows up at your door, Pam? You're going to tell him you didn't order a pizza? <laughs> See, Sam would invite him in. <laughs> <laughs> he would. He's like, ah, let's go, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, plugs. Right, Hurry, cool. I want to get out of here. Plugs, right. Stuffy. Yeah. Um,. Uh, I guess I'm just going to go with you can find our podcast uh, at Northern Critic UMFM. That's on Spot- uh, on Instagram, not on Spotify. I mean, we're probably on listening Spotify to too. us on Spotify. Um, our Instagram is... Find us on Spotify. <laughs> 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 I mean, if they can go ahead this far, they can go this far. Our Instagram is at Northern Critic UMFM. Uh, you'll find us on Twitter at Northern underscore Critic. Mm-hmm. Northern underscore Critic. Yep. And that's it. And, oh yeah, right. Sorry. Fuck. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, nothing we, else. We also do have a website <laughs> called www.northerncritic.com where you will find a full gallery of all of the films we reviewed and some merch up there too. So you, there's some nice merchandise for you to wear, some nice crop tops for the ladies. Um, they are not crop tops. They're tank tops. The tank tops. What? Okay. You know what? <laughs> How do you well, know I'm pretty sure we'll have crop tops on there eventually. Um, but we do have uh, hoodies, unisex hoodies for everyone. Uh, we have both men's and women's uh, sweatpants, which are pretty cool too. Um, which I am very looking forward to ordering when I move to my new place. Yeah. Uh, yep. And uh, we also have, you know, t-shirts, uh, mugs iPhone cases. We got all the accessory shit, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so just go up there, see which one you like, order it for yourself. Um, and you know what? 
take a picture of yourself in one and send it to our Instagram. We'd be glad to see it. Um, we and need yeah. models. Yeah, we do need models. So, <laughs> so there you go. Um, I mean, if we need a model, I've been told I'm a thirst trap. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh my goodness. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's everything, right? Are we missing something? Uh, I don't think so. Are we wanting no. any recs for this week? Oh, actually, you know what? I am missing plugs? something. So, tomorrow's Monday, as at time of recording, because we're recording this on a Sunday night. Oh, wow. What comes before Monday? What? Pain. <laughs> Heart attacks. <laughs> um, which, actually, funnily enough... Uh, I, apparently most heart attacks happen like on Monday mornings which I find well, yeah because you're driving to work however we do have a um, potential business that is looking to sponsor us uh, I'm just trying to make a shout out to them as well for those who are listening this is called Fasibus. Um Fasibus is a, an online uh, conglomerate <laughs> I guess um, they basically take you through um, day-to-day counseling. Uh, could be on your mental health. Could be on going to the gym a lot more. Sounds like the soldiers needed this. Yeah. <laughs> um, could be, I, I don't know, to get better recipes for you, for you to eat better every day. Because for those people who work one or even, God, two jobs, three jobs even, you, you probably don't have enough time for yourself. Um, so, you know, Facibus is just a, an online system that helps connect you with certified professionals in those areas uh, that kind of help you plan your life ahead. And that reduces the stress on you. Or if you just need someone to talk to, and like that isn't a family member, anyone who's going to judge you for all of the bad decisions you've made in life. You can just go on there and talk to someone who is certified and also anonymous. So, uh, so that I works too. Put something out there on the note of this possible sponsorship. Having, as someone who does therapy, having a third party person who is removed completely from the situation. Mm-hmm is very helpful and honestly just talking to someone going to therapy let, let's let's honestly normalize that mm-hmm. because it still has so much stigma around it exactly um and if you go on their website uh their website is shop.fasibus that's an f-a-c-i-b-u-s dot co that's c-o so shop.fasibus.co um you'll find all of the information you need on that there um, and as a promo code, actually, if you just type in Northern Critic, you get 10, 10% off on your plan. Uh, I think the cheapest one there is about $15 a year, actually, which is a sweeper of a deal. That's actually pretty good. So That's really exactly $15 for a whole year? Like, come on, guys. Um, but Considering therapy is about $50 a session. Exactly. So, you know, go check it out if you think it's for you. Um, doesn't have to be just therapy, like I said. They cover you if you want to... Uh, how many reps you how many reps you want to do in a day bro you know get, <laughs> get get your reps up if that's what you need if you need to eat better maybe you're going on a diet you could do that too um if your kids are making you lose your mind or your cats are making you lose your mind hey talk to a therapist yeah, about your cat so you know yeah but anyways i just thought i'd leave that out there as well then up to our listeners uh go check them out if you think it's something that that you think you'd need but yeah pretty much all right i'm going back to traditional stuff we wreck mm-hmm. 
if you want a series where there's no clear good guy bad guy like Sam wants no clear good guy bad guy I recommend the Korean drama Black the main character is not a good person you know mm-hmm. so that's pretty fun it's like some supernatural mixed with like some crime investigation it's actually pretty good I think you would like it Michael but then you don't watch series often so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, that's my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Black, you can find it on Netflix. That's right. Cool. Um, I have a recommendation. Okay. Uh, Aeronauts. It is on Amazon Prime, I believe. It is uh, has Eddie Redmayne and oh, I cannot think of her name. Felic- Felicity Jones. Jones, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes place in the eighteen hundred or. Yeah, 1800s, about they take a gas balloon up into very high altitude to uh, help aid in the study of weather and predict, like, forecasting weather. And it's a very, very anxiety-inducing movie. Do not watch it at 2 o'clock in the morning. Interesting. (laughs) I guess on a similar note, I'll recommend a book, because Pam, if you think of it, The Aeronauts Windless. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It is a story about some strange version of Earth where everybody lives in these giant mile-high obsidian spires, and Hmm. they get between them with airships. Okay. it, It was a really good fantasy read. Huh. And if that's your thing, I highly suggest it. Suggest it. It's a big boy of a book at like 800 pages, and I absolutely ate that thing in a day and a half. So, <laughs> I have something I would want to recommend now, since everyone's recommending things. Um, however, what I am going to recommend is something very dear to my heart. So you know what? I'm going to Morally switch. A bit. I'm going to switch over to my British accent. Wait, can't just see what it is. And I'm going to say that The Legend of Korra is coming out on Netflix. Please go check it out. Yes, Thank you. I love Legend of Korra, so I can't even roast you. Exactly. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> he took the wind out of my sails. Yeah, I'm really, like, so I am, excited to I am him. excited for Legend of Korra to come out on Netflix. I'm going to rewatch. Hey, if you've seen it a hundred times, it's worth seeing a hundred and one times. <laughs> so go see it again. But, Controversial opinion. I think the bad guys in Legend of Korra are better than Last Year Bender. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fire Lord Ozai is the bad guy that. from the old guard. So <laughs> Okay, and one last thing so that we can wrap up and go. What it's do you mean? Wait, book. hold on. What? what do you mean you can't handle me with a British accent? That's my original it's accent. So, no, I your original accent so is Nigerian. Weird. Because I'm used to hearing you with your, like, Canadian accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> so oh like a linguistic chameleon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, know, like, I remember people. it was at university that I first heard your accent, like, mm-hmm. when you did your British accent, and I was just like, brain, can't, handle, malfunctioning. <laughs> like, looking like, what kind of lies is this? Kind of, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Lies. Jeez. Alright, cool. Wait, last thing so we can like okay. dip right this random book show. I was on Reddit once, right? And I saw a comment where it's like Felicity Jones smile reminds me of a chipmunk. What? <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> and I just cannot unsee it now. So every time someone says Felicity Jones is like oh chipmunk. <laughs> I would also say it's a good thing that Scott Eastwood's character in this was actually in the military and not um, at a preschool because that mustache, though. But 
The only way you make a mustache work is if you have like some underbeard. Yeah, yeah. Just, it was just a mustache, and I'm like, you're so lucky you're not wait, around wait, kids. Man. Unless you go like the full like evil like twirling mustache. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Like Henry Cavill did that in the Mission Impossible, right? He had the mustache going on, but yeah. he kind of had a beard too. Yeah, yeah. so it worked. worked. Yeah, right. But if you he Scott Eastwood just had the mustache, and I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> the only way you can pull off a mustache is if you are in our dad's age range. And even then, no. even then, it's still weird. It's still just my it's, dad stay away from my kids. <laughs> I don't have kids. My dad but. has a full mustache, like, and he has had it for his whole life. And I mean, I see him without a mustache, and it weirds me out. See, I agree with Pam. There are, there are. There's some people who can wear the mustache. Old country white men can pull Old off. country white men. <laughs> so bush people. Which is what yes. my dad. <laughs> 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 okay, let's let's move on. All right. Yeah, let's let's get too long. Thanks for thanks for listening. Um, we'll catch you next week. Uh, next week we will be having two guests on the show actually, so it should be a good time. Actually, maybe not. And also a nightmare. Space in the studio to record because Pam's gonna be in studio. Pam's gonna be in studio. We won't mm-hmm. have shitty audio for a change. Oh, no, there'll be there'll be room because th- there's room for four people. No, here. we discussed this earlier. We took, okay, let's just wrap up. Okay. Later. Yeah. One anyway, person later. 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 Bye. Later. Later. Right. Bye. <laughs>